This is Working Tech, where we talk about how tech can work harder so we can work better. Because hardly working isn't an option. And the problem is now is if you're going to one of those cubicles and you're working, you're going to in a, in a nasty commute, maybe 30, 90, you know, 30, 60, 90 minutes long, and you've got a friend that's got an awesome job and they're working off their back deck. Guess what's going to happen? <laughs> People are going to move in that direction. <laughs> I know. This Working Tech Podcast is brought to you by Zugata, a company that creates performance management software that enables continuous performance development. Create a high-performance culture with Zugata. Learn more at Zugata.com. Hey, everybody. This is Kevin W. Grossman, creator and co-founder of the Working Tech Podcast and one of the co-hosts. Bill and I welcome you to our podcast series where we'll talk about all things tech and the working world around us, including HR, recruiting, and related technologies. Enjoy this conversation that I had with Brian Miles, CEO and co-founder of Belay, a 100% remote company that offers contract virtual assistants, bookkeepers, content writers, and webmasters to help business owners alleviate their workload and focus on things that will help their company climb higher. Brian, thank you so much for being on the Working Tech Podcast. First and foremost, why Belay? Why was it founded and what is the key primary challenge that your solution and service is offering the market today? Kevin, first off, thank you for the opportunity to be here today. I appreciate this opportunity to represent our company. Why Belay? Uh, back in um, 2010, when my wife and I started our company, um, I had had a virtual assistant in a previous company that I worked for. Um, it wasn't called a virtual assistant. She was just an assistant that happened to work in a different office than me. Uh, but I managed um, 10 sales guys and about $40 million in sales. And my assistant helped me with everything from managing Gantt charts and construction uh, efforts to scheduling my haircut and personal things too. So it was just, I had a relationship with somebody that was really top notch. And then I got to thinking in early 2010 gee, it seems like a lot of leaders could really benefit from a Trisha, you know, from somebody that could, could do this and they don't have to be in the same office. And, and then what I also saw with a lot of friends is a lot of their assistants really would only help them with professional things, not personal things as well. So the virtual assistant thing kind of popped up in our minds it, it about a year after Tim Ferriss wrote the book for our work week. And so he had pointed to really oversee solutions for virtual assistants. And we decided to come at it from a different angle and just say, no, we're going to target college-educated stay-at-home moms with past business and professional experience to be our virtual assistants all here in the U.S. And um, we're fortunate we hit it at the right time and it really took off. So one quick question about that before we press on and, and talk about other related items too. So just solely for stay-at-home moms then that, that are... Yeah, I mean, we, we knew that they were marginalized by corporate America. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, they couldn't come into an office. And oftentimes women that, especially that have children, they've got two options available to them, put their kid in daycare and go back to work. Or the alternative is to stay at home and lose out on that income and career. And we've been able to actually create a third option for them, which is to actually have both, you know, have a, have a meaningful career, meaningful job, and actually be a great parent as well, a great mom. So we knew that stay at home moms would certainly be a group of people we could use. It ended up true that stay-at-home dads, um, because we have a bookkeeping service as well, there's a lot of our um, stay-at-home dads are actually bookkeepers for us. There are a handful of virtual assistants in our organization that are men. Um, we also do virtual webmaster work and writing work as well. 
Um, so we end up targeting, there's really three groups when you look at it, stay home moms, stay home dads, and really also kids of aging parents that have to stay there and look after their mom and dad. And they're great people, great resumes, but they're in a season of life where they need to watch over, you know, mom and dad. Brian, where were you when I needed you? Uh, and I so and I say that only and and I'm I'm gonna get I'm actually gonna go depressing not not even funny either but oh, but but seriously though tongue and even without tongue in cheek you know my but I lost both my parents in 2012 and I can tell you that it was extremely hard I mean uh, I mean God bless my parents I miss them right but it was extremely hard on on me working you know holding down a job that wasn't going very well because I was having to help deal with right. both my both my parents. And it was very hard on our family, and it was a, it was an extremely difficult time. And I know that, you know being able to have that flexibility, by unfortunately not by choice, I ended up down that path again for a little while, as I've done before in the past. And and I by the very nature of being able to have some flexible contract work, I figured it out because the other job didn't work, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, that's you know, it's really stressful times for 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 folks um, when you're when they're dealing with the parents. One of the things we were talking about before we we started the the podcast is the fact that, I mean, I've seen different numbers, but it's you know maybe upwards of thirty, thirty five, forty percent of the workforce, particularly in in the states and North America, is is contract slash contingent uh, workers. I mean, that's that's a huge portion of the workforce. More and, and we, it's funny because in my space, because I'm primarily in you know the HR and recruiting space, we do talk about it more. Yeah. But I don't think, you know, and we, we know of some of the, the we, we know the success and kind of train wrecks of the Ubers of the world and a lot of other services based companies, Airbnb and the list goes on of different ways allowing people to have flexible work and make some money. Um, but it's it's a it's a really huge part of the world of work reality today. Right. Well, sure it is. I mean, I kind of call it the 40 by 2020 reports that I see that are out there. Basically about 40% contract work by 2020 is what I see across multiple types of research and reports. And Intuit was another one that really went out not too terribly long ago that really supported that as well. It, it, here's what I think it is. Um, we're at a tipping point with what we know to be workplace expectation or, or workplace productivity in our country and really globally, because what, what's happening is this, you've got what I consider to be a holdout from the industrial age in terms of how we decide to work every day. And it's this, it's when you think about during the industrial age, when you wanted to build something, you put a lot of people in the middle on a manufacturing floor, and then you put, you put them in the middle, and then you put managers around them. When you think about corporate office space today, what is it? You put people in cubicles in the middle, and you put managers around them. And the problem is now is if you're going to one of those cubicles and you're working, you're going to, in a, in a nasty commute, maybe 30, 90, you know, 30, 60, 90 minutes long, and you've got a friend that's got an awesome job and they're working off their back deck, guess what's going to happen? <laughs> People are going to move in that direction. I know. And so that's exactly what I think what's happening. It's not a millennial thing. It's no. not a baby boomer thing. It's just a thing. It's the reality is people can be productive and work from home. Technology's caught up. And I just think that people are willing to sacrifice what they perceive to be as normal, traditional workplace benefits of working for a company. And they're, and they're trading that for workplace and, and, you know, really for a career autonomy. Yeah, I find that when I, back in the dot-com heyday, way back in the day, which, you know, now when you think about it, it's like, that was a long time ago already. Yeah. You know, I was commuting 
and, and it was just insane then. And that was going over from where I live in Santa Cruz over to San, just in San Jose area. And it was nuts going yeah. because we had to go over the mountains and, and, you know, for, I've been very fortunate for the past few years to be pri- primarily remote. I mean, I do travel a, a lot for, for what I do and I, I like that aspect of it, but I like the fact that I, you know, I have a home office and, and actually every nook and cranny of my house can be an office at any time. That's right. And I'm highly productive. I'm actually probably, I would argue, and I know I've seen, I've heard and seen research around this, that I probably work more, too much more, because <laughs> I'm home. I mean, I get up at five and I'm, I'm already doing, I'm already on doing sure. stuff. And so, but I think that's really valuable. But let's, let's get back down to um, Belay again and kind of get down in, into the grass with, with the services that you offer. How do you feel that you differentiate from from competitors, so there are virtual assistant firms and yeah, services so. that are all over the place. How do you differentiate? Well, first off, we we believe and we actually think we can support this. So we are the gold standard at what we do. Part of the reason why I think we're, we we charge a lot for our service, and it's because we believe that you've got to get great people, and they're not cheap. So we don't even if you're looking for a three dollar solution from overseas or in the states, we're just we'll just tell you straight up that we're not the the right fit for you. In fact, we we probably could go really quick, but we choose to qualify our prospects as much as they're qualifying us. And so we want to really make sure that we can help them and serve them and, and make sure that they're willing to um, be open-handed in terms of how they approach working in a virtual environment. A lot of leaders that approach us across the 25 verticals we serve have never actually worked with a virtual assistant before. And so it's just different than working with somebody in an office. And so we are looking for somebody that allows us and gives us permission to speak into their life with delegation. You know, if they've, if they've got it all solved and, you know, they think they know it all, we typically don't, we encourage them to talk to our competition <laughs> because we know what happens in a lot of instances like that. But if, we, if there's somebody that humbly approaches and says, I'm so excited for this, I need this, I've hit the lid of my personal capacity, we can we come alongside them and conserve them. Now, how we do that and what I think makes us unique in our space is we actually have what we call true account management. We truly have relationship managers that are assigned, in addition to the virtual assistant, to work with our clients. A lot of people say they have that, but they actually, when you look at it deeply, they, they don't have that in their model because they can't afford it or, they, or it's a ratio that's so high that they really can't have the true legitimate coverage to serve that. So we were kind of the first ones out of the gate to create a true account management layer. So not only are you get like a trusted advisor of a relationship manager that works with people just like you, you also have your assistant that's actually doing the work on a day-to-day basis. And that's truly a differentiator for us in our market. It's very expensive to have an account management layer in what we do, but we are also very sticky too. We have, we have a really great churn rate because we keep our clients. Well, that, and, that, and that's, that's key. I mean, I know in, 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 in software, um, which is a lot of my background on the HR recruiting technology side, primarily on solution provider side, there's, there's, you have to have that account management layer. I mean, you've got, you've got to manage those relationships. Um, and I can, and it's the same thing even on on the services side, uh, as well. So it's good to hear that that you're doing that and, and, and how you're truly are differentiating that. Can you talk besides the account management layer, um, what are some of those milestones? I mean, what, how often are you checking in with customers? What, what are kind of like, what are the measures of success sure. for, Bela- we for Belay? A, yeah, we have a, first off, we have a really strong vetting process before 
you know, a client actually talks to their virtual assistant that's assigned to work with them. Right now, we're averaging about 1,200 resumes a month that we get in, um, and then we qualify them. We've got a great talent acquisition team that runs them through the paces to make sure that they're great at what they do. We do video interviews. I mean, these people represent us, you know, all over the United States, and we'll never meet them face-to-face. But that doesn't stop us. We want to make sure that we're, we're proud to have these people represent our clients. So there's, there's a robust vetting process that goes into that. Once they get involved and once the green lights go and our clients sign their contract, they actually they get what we call a new client sync doc, which is in essence the hot mess that they are. We try and get that into an understanding of do we need to do air traffic control over their inbox? Do they, help, do they need help with management or project management or event planning or, or managing meetings or what is that body of work that our assistants actually be doing for them? And the more they put into that, the client, the better the result on our side. Maybe they've done Myers-Briggs or a disk profile or an Enneagram. We learn all of that information with our team. And then we go to bat basically to find the right fit internally. So that's kind of our secret sauce of how we do that. It's a really cool thing that we do to, to, to basically find the right assistant that comes alongside. So that is a savings right there for most employers or most leaders because we've just saved them an incredible amount of time, you know, with, with you know, finding a great person. And then from there, you know, the first 90 days of an onboarding is quite intense. There's a lot of things you have to do uh, in checking and making sure that the assistant's doing what they said. Also making sure the client's doing what they said, you know, that there's a, there's a synchronization in place, you know, that they're working well together, they're gelling well together, that they're, they're, they're doing more things than just professional. They're, in, they're integrating into personal as well. And it's a very big thing to kind of have somebody that serves an extension of who you are. So we're coaching them quite a bit, um, you know, how to work with a virtual assistant. And once they realize like, wow, this person's truly a work alongside partner of mine, not just an assistant, and they really lay hold of that, you know, things really start to move in a great productive fashion for our clients. I told you before we started that I wasn't going to throw you a curveball, but I'm going to now. <laughs> Only be, I know. Well, no, it's in the context of what you were just sharing, but I'm just curious because I would assume that I, I, I'm assuming that, that, that there are the situations to where, because all of us have toxic customers, right? Where there's, I mean, have, have you ever had to say, I'm sorry, but we can no longer, we have to, we have to let you go, customer of Mars? Yeah, because we, we don't get it right all the time in our sales process as yeah. much as we want. And sometimes we have to go to them and say, listen, you're a jerk. Yeah. And you're not going to talk to our people like that. Right. You know, and it's time for you to go. You know, we, and here's some competitors that you should consider. Go make their life hell. <laughs> no, I'm glad. No, no, I, I appreciate your frankness because I would assume that that, that, that would be the case because, you know, it's, it's uh Unfortunately, there are those folks, whether it is in a in office environment or a virtual environment, that should never be managing anybody. Virtual. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, now there are times too when our assistants have messed up, right? Sure. sure. Jack something up, and we'll own that. You know, we're right. far from perfect, and then that's why you have a good account management layer system in there to intervene. Right. You know, to say, "Wow, you know, we really messed that up. We'll make this right." Sorry, I, I would assume that your sweet spot is the small. Uh, business market, right? Surprisingly, we do a lot with nonprofit. Oh um, yeah, there you go. That's what I, I, I'm a nonprofit, so I might we might have to talk. But. Yeah, well, you seem like a good guy. We'd be happy to serve you. <laughs> uh, so it, it's surprisingly, it's not, it's not. I mean, it is small business, but it's also big business too. I mean, we work with very large corporations 
and here's the reason why we work with large corporations is because a lot of people that go into being an assistant inside big companies, they see that job as a dead end. And so it's not really a growing area. Um, and so, you know, people don't get out of college or, you know, get their degree and go, man, I just can't wait to be an assistant. The truth is the people that we have, they see themselves as way more than assistant and they see themselves as, you know, someone that really is helping a leader. And we, we just, we have a, you know, a, a great, great opportunity for them. So large corporations um, are really struggling with this, so much so that we have assistants that actually support executive assistants inside larger corporations. But you're, but you're operating, you're, are you operating more in the capacity of like a, 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 a staffing firm or, or is it, or you're not an employer of record, right? You're not actually, or, or are you? Uh, no, we're not the employer record because okay. these folks are our contractors. Got it. Right, right. Okay. Okay. And, and on top of that, you know, we're perceived as basically a vendor to the client. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. So why don't we share then, maybe, maybe you've got a success story, whether or not you can talk sure. about the customer, that's fine. It doesn't matter. But tell us a little bit about, you know, what the problem was, how your, your service helped solve that solution and how it succeeded. Get a little bit more specific about a success story. Yeah, so you know, a common type of customer of ours is is a small business. Let's say they're a, a one person consultant, and you know they're they're doing everything. They're traveling. They're trying to you know they're working for hours. They're on site. They're up in an airplane. They're back to their house. They're trying to secure net new clients. They're trying to you know set up that call, manage their email, manage events, manage projects. You know, and they're all doing that by themselves, and they're hitting the lid of their personal capacity. Well. One guy, let's see, this is probably four to five years ago, mm -hmm. uh, was and is now is really well known for helping larger organizations with their sales teams. And so he wrote a book that became a bestseller. And he was just super busy by himself. And he was hitting the lid of about $300,000, $350,000 a year in sales. And, you know, doing well for himself. And, and um, when I talked to him, um, Gosh, this is like I said, four or five years ago. Actually, when I was still doing sales for our company, he, um, I just said, you know, well, you know, what are those things that are basically holding you back? And so he he basically listed all these things, and they're very common things we hear with our clients. And I said, well, what if we could offload these lower payoff activities so you can stay focused on those things that you need to be doing? You know, that obviously when you're writing and when you're client side, you're making the most money for your business. And so he said, look, if this is true, it's a game changer for me. And so it was maybe, I don't know, three, four months in, he called me back and he's like, this is insane. I'm going to increase hours. Like I'm so much more productive. And last year, I mean, he, he basically tripled his sales in his organization. He's created a virtual team that supports him. Um, he's doing content writing now. And he's basically built out more of what the virtual assistants do on his behalf. And, he's, and, he, and he did that all without building an office. And he's just grown that out. So he's a, he's a perfect example of a small business owner that needed to get out of the way of themselves and they hit the lid of the personal capacity and they knew they needed to scale, but they didn't have to do it in a traditional way. And I'm sure that, that that's probably a story that you've helped to replicate, right? No, very much so. You know, it's a lot of, a lot of um, shingled, you know, one one person shingle type of consulting offices or two or three person we help them out like crazy and we we obviously we work with attorneys quite a bit physicians pastors are very busy people it's a, it really does blow my mind 
the types of leaders we serve across the 25 industries that we support. That's fantastic. And I, and I, <laughs> it's funny as, a, as we're doing this podcast, I'm thinking, I need to talk to Brian <laughs> well, after this is over. Um, and we, but we'll talk, we'll talk. I promise. Is, are there any key, any key people or technology partners that you work with that help you with belay at all? On our bookkeeping side. Yes. Okay. Um, you know, there, there's a, oftentimes there's, we have to explain to folks that there's a big difference between bookkeeping and accounting. Bookkeeping is, you know, really creating great set of books, but right. accounting is really interpretation of those books. Right. We're not, at, we don't interpret financials, but on the bookkeeping side, we do, we work with, um, it's an organization called bill.com. It's a very important AR function mm-hmm. that we use. There's an AP as well. And then also, um, we, we, we use QuickBooks Enterprise sure. To, sure. to power that. Um, the clients, though, on the virtual assistant side, we're, we're kind of agnostic when it comes to that. We, wanna, we want our assistants to get indoctrinated into what technology they want to use. And then if they have a question, say, we're like, you know, well, hey, what's a, what's a good project management application? Our relationship managers can say, well, across our clients, you know, we see them using this, this, and this. You know, we can be kind of a sounding board for them as they're thinking through productivity. But we don't. We don't have any proprietary technology because we find that most clients want to use their own thing. Right. We don't want to force them through some application they may not want to use. Right, right, absolutely. So, Brian, listen, you obviously you and your wife and your team, you've all been working really hard. Well, what exactly are you doing when you're hardly working? And of course, that's just to play on words. Yeah. To talk about what do you do when you're when you're not running belay? Well, there a couple of things. One, I've got kids that are nine and twelve, and I, you know. Um, we were fortunate enough to buy a piece of property. So we spent a lot of time outside, you know, we've got a Creek that we play in and, and do things like that. And, uh, my wife and I, we, we love to, um, go wine tasting. We're, we're big wine tasting fans. Um, so we, we do that when we can, I think one day in our future, I'd love to have a tiny winery, kind of a, kind of a dork when it comes to that stuff. I just kind of, the older I get, the more I appreciate what winemaking is. And it's, it's really glorified farming, but there's a lot of leadership principles in it. You know, the best wine is the is the fruit that's the most stressed and you know I, I think that's true in a lot of ways from a leadership standpoint you know when you when you have to really strive hard for something it creates a great result and i think wine is a lot like that so i really i think that's cool um, i mentor I, I i mentor guys in their like late 20s early 30s where i'm a season ahead of them i'm 43 and i and i take them through a year-long program where i basically tell them all the dumb things i did or the, the things i would encourage them not to do and i'm very open book with them about it so that they can be better men you know and and so i'm pretty big in that and i'm also i sit on a few different boards as well well that's awesome that's i've got we've got we've got two girls seven and nine uh, yeah as well and um that's great and i and i tell you i like drinking wine I can tell yeah. you that, you know, I, <laughs> well, we I no, we, my wife and I know we love wine tasting too. And I, it's funny that you say that you would, would love to have a, a little winery someday. Cause for the lo- longest time, we're, we're, we're both wine and beer fans too. We like, the, yeah. especially when we, every time we travel at to go to breweries and try out the beers and we always wanted to have maybe to have our own little brewery someday. So who knows, maybe that'll happen. That's awesome. So real quick, tell us w- why the name Belay. Sure. Well, belay is simply a climbing term. If you've ever heard or been in a rock climbing gym, uh, for me, I'm a mountain climber, so I like to climb and stand on top of things. I don't like to climb rocks. That's not as interesting to me, but belay is simply a term that more or less translates to, do you have me? Uh, so the belayer is the one that's helping below 
with the rope and helping the climber actually climb higher. So in our role at Belay, we're there to support the climber as they climb higher. And so they, the, there's a climbing command that says, you know, belay or, you know, on belay. And then the, the belayer says belay on, meaning climb up, climb higher. And I've been in positions on mountains and, you know, out west where, you know, I've been in snowstorms and, and asked that question to my belayer that I literally couldn't see in a snowstorm in the dark. And you just got to believe that that person's there to support you as you climb higher. And oftentimes, you know, leadership is lonely or it's hard or things like that. We work with some great people that are doing some amazing things in this world. And they need somebody that's really there to belay them and support them as they climb higher as the hero. Amen. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. That's, that in and of itself was, was worth the entire podcast, my friend. So, so thank you very much for sharing that. So um, and lastly, how can we find out more about belay? What do we do? Where do we go? Yeah, well, there's, there's two things. One, um, I wrote a book recently about virtual culture. And um, the landing page for that is just virtualculturebook.com. It's available on Amazon. Um, and then, of course, our website is just simply belaysolutions.com. And you can find out all sorts of information about our four core services that we provide. Um, and it's a, it's a, you know, we're obviously very active on social media as well. Excellent. Brian, thank you so much for being on the Working Tech Podcast. And I look forward to meeting you in person someday. Likewise, thank you for this opportunity. We'll be back with more Working Tech soon. Until then, be good and work better. Brought to you by ReachWest Media and the HR Gazette. Working Tech is brought to you by Talent Board, the first nonprofit research organization focused on the elevation and promotion of a quality candidate experience. Talent Board and the Candidate Experience Awards Benchmark Research helps employers around the world improve recruiting, candidate experience, and the business bottom line. Learn more at thetalentboard.org.